You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so tonight, Bezrus Hashem, instead of continuing with our series of shirim on the teachings of Rabbi Nachman, we already missed last week, and to do a shir on a Torah like Reish Pei Beis in the middle of the week risks less people listening to it and risks my ability to fully be present within the Torah. But because I don't want to go two weeks without teaching, primarily for myself, I thought that I would take a few moments to really speak to myself a little bit, because as the drush of Chazal goes, that when there's worry in the heart of man, when there's anxiety in the heart of an individual, it's kedai to speak it out. Now our tzaddikim, Chazal already point out that the goal of this is not necessarily to hear the responses from other people, or to be able to express something for the purpose of getting a response back. But rather, the mere act of speaking is a prayer act. The mere act of uttering that which is within the heart of an individual brings with it a certain catharsis. And because we've been so usik in the world of Rabbi Nachman, it's kadai to find within the teachings of Rabbi Nachman itself the hope, the, the promise that emerges specifically in difficulty that emerges specifically when a world appears to be dark. Rabbi Nachman famously says something very powerful towards the end of the second volume of Lakut Maran. He says that, you know, the world speaks about an olam haba. The world speaks about a world to come. And they speak about the difficulty of believing in a world to come. And he says, but for me, the world to come is very simple. It's a very simple belief to believe that there's an Alma Da'asi, that there's a world that is coming. He said, so it's more difficult for me is to believe in Olam Hazah. Because when I look at Olam Hazah, when I look at this world, I only see people who are Mala Yegonos. I see people who are filled with suffering. Each and every person from the top down to the bottom. There's no individual, says Rabbi Nachman, that's freed from the conditionality of what it means to live in this world. And part of the condition of what it means to live in this world is that we live with a sense of anxiety. Fear is a natural, almost physiological response to danger. Gives a person a sense of response. Tells a person what to do. It tells a person how to react. It tells a person how to identify the enemy, identify that which is frightening, and act accordingly. Anxiety, on the other hand, is fear. It's the sense of fear, but it's objectless. It's without any particular shape. It's without any particular form in which a person can respond. So instead of having the impulse of fear and anxiety and overwhelmingness, 
a person is stuck feeling that something bad is present, that something difficult is in the world. But when I turn to try and react, when I turn to try and take steps necessary to protect myself, there's nothing to do. A person is left empty-handed. Even after the hishtadlus that a person does, ultimately anxiety provokes a person to reach that limit point, to reach that point of possibility that says perhaps even though I've done everything I need to do, perhaps there's still a sliver through which that fear can penetrate. And the world, and many individuals, I shouldn't say the world, we still have tzaddikim, Baruch Hashem. Many individuals are aflamed with anxiety, are aflamed with the sense that there's a certain impending doom, perhaps a doom that has already arrived, perhaps a difficulty that is insurmountable. And what I simply want to try and do is point out a few makoros from Rabbi Nachman that can be food for thought, that can offer a person, nobody like Rabbi Nachman has the capacity to give a person bite-sized pieces of hope, even in the most hopeless places, which ultimately is going to be what we speak about in Torah Reish Bebez. In the 282nd teaching of Lakuta Maran, we're going to speak about the need, the fundamental necessity to find positive sparks within existence, no matter how fallen it appears, no matter how fallen the individual appears, no matter how broken the moment feels, a person must, they are commanded to uncover sparks of light, to find irreducible pieces of hope that exist buried deep within the hopelessness of the moment. And when a person uncovers a sliver of light, they recognize that I can find more light. And one point of light becomes a handle in which a person can begin to slowly but surely pull themselves out of the muck. They can pull themselves out of that suffering that Rabbi Nachman spoke about. In Sichos Haran, Rabbi Nachman says that the Iker is mebeten sha'ol sha'avasi. The fundamental essence of Avedis Hashem is the awareness that I am calling out to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, from the great abyss. That the pre-requirements of what it means to daven, the pre-requirements of what it means to reach out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in earnest, is a feeling of being submerged within an abyss. A space where a person no longer feels that they're capable of resting assuredly on their logic or their rationality or the statements of truth that they even offer to themselves. And it's specifically when a person finds themselves in that abysmal space within the self, within the collective, within the nefesh, within the ruach, within the neshama, within the chayo, or within the echida, whatever it looks like in our particular historical moment or our particular iteration, the goal is to cry out specifically from the abyss, to cry out specifically from the tsara itself. As Rabbi Nassim would say countless, countless times in Lakute Halachos and in Alim Latrufa and in Lakute Tfilos, that the Iker is not to find a response to a tsara, as if the tsara never existed, but rather the Avoida is to be Mahapech the tsara itself into a Makom of Ratzon, into a space of Ritze, of desire of recognizing that gam ki eilich begeit salmaves, as Rav Tzadok says so often, lo irara ki ata imadi. That within the sara itself, within the yogon and the anacha, there is the potential, the possibility of sasayn v'simcha. That the ikr is to allow oneself to feel the waters of the abyss, to feel that pull down to despondency and to despair. And from there specifically, from the mouth of the snake itself, to scream out, Ein shum There's no hopelessness in the world whatsoever. 
And ultimately, this is one of the reasons that for Rabbi Nachman, Yidiya or Seichel or rationality was not the ultimate apex of Avedis Hashem. Because in times that we find ourselves in, as we've found ourselves in throughout history, reiterating itself different ways in different times through different measures, we find ourselves at the limit of rationality. That the power of tsara, the power of an ace tsara is that it equalizes all individuals. Whether a person is intelligent with godless hamoichin or whether a person is lowly in their intelligence with katnas hamoichin, bein kach bein kach, nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what the next step is meant to be. And therefore, a person in the spirit of Purim has to be willing to cast off their moichin. A person has to be willing to cast off their deep-seated desire for the certainty that Das brings. The certainty which is what anxiety desires so deeply. If only we could be certain about A, B, C, or D, then we wouldn't be anxious. But the avoida for Rabbi Nachman and for our tzaddikim is to recognize that there is no certainty. There can't be certainty. We live in an Ahmed de Shikra. We live in a world that has lost its right to certainty. Not only have we lost our right to certainty, but perhaps, according to our Mikubalim, certainty never existed. Because the Eitz Hadas is what the Tzadikim of Ishbitz and Radzin referred to as the Ilana de Sveka. Our job is to find ourselves within a world of Suffolk, within a world of doubt, and as Rav Harlap and Rav Kuk say, to find Sipuk within that Suffolk itself to find the settledness and the capacity to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I don't know what comes next. But nevertheless, even though I don't have the tools for Yediyah, I do have a higher weapon. That weapon is Amuna. As Rabbi Nachman writes in Taira Lamed Gimel, in Sicho Saran, There was another time when Rabbi Nachman started speaking about faith the ability to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now this doesn't only mean the 13 principles of what it means to have a theologically sound system, but emuna is the ability of a person to rely on something bigger than themselves. Emuna is the capacity to say that even though I don't know, there is something or some power or some koyach or some tzaddik or something in the world that knows, that I can rely on, that kedai lismoch. There's something that is worthy of my smicha, of my reliance on it. As Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, we're told, Kedai lismaychal Rabbi Shimon In moments of dichuk, in moments of compression, in moments when the individual is compressed within themselves, overwhelmed by all of the anxious thoughts that circle around the mind and penetrate into the heart and pollute the lower parts of the body, leading a person to chas v'shalom bimiyayesh, it's our job to announce once again that yesh al malismoch, there's something to rely on. Reliance doesn't mean that we understand or we can determine what the outcome is going to be. It simply means that in the process before the outcome, there's something that we can rely on. Shuv pam achas Another time Rabbi Nachman was speaking about faith, anavi amar, Rabbi Nachman, almost as if saying that he answered for us in our generation, he could hear the questions of our generation, as we said in the beginning of our shirim on Rabbi Nachman, that what Rabbi Nassan understood about Rabbi Nachman is that there was something here, l'doyre doros. It wasn't just for his generation, but Rabbi Nachman was speaking to us in our generation as well. So when Rabbi Nassan writes that Rabbi Nachman was anava amar, he opened his mouth and he answered, what was the question? It could be that it was our questions, our sveikos. And when we find the answers in a book, it's an answer to our own sveikos. Eitzel ha'oilam. Rabbi Nachman says, for the rest of the world, emuna hudavar katam. 
to hold on to faith is something small. It's a handmaiden to knowledge. It's a handmaiden to rationality. But my me emuna is the biggest thing. It's a massive thing. And the depth of faith, who believes is without any attempt to rationally understand. It's the ability to say that even though I can't rationally understand, I can still rely on the fact that I believe. I don't have to be able to be masbir what I believe. I shouldn't necessarily be able to be masbir in words what it is that I have faith in. If I could express it, it wouldn't be faith. Faith is something pro- profoundly, profoundly subjective and internal. But nevertheless, even when Yediyah fails, there's an akuda evamuna that exists. Rak pshitas gummer with a depth of simplicity. Kamai, like the rest of the world, are truly kosher when they recognize that the only way to move forward is faith. Emuna is the answer to the anticipatory fear of anxiety that chases a person away from where they are. When a person looks at a matzav in the world or a matzav in their own lives, and they say to themselves, how can I find menucha sanefesh right now? How can I have a moment of yishuv hadas when the world is on fire? when there's all sorts of sorrows and difficulties and svekos and frightening things coming about in the world. How can I allow myself to have Yishuvadas? The moment I have Yishuvadas, I feel chased. There's another thought that comes to chase me out of my comfort zone. Another thought that comes to say there's elsewhere I need to be. There's something else I need to be worrying about. This Indian of being a nirdaf, of being chased, is the sense of anxiety. It was born into the world with Kayin when his punishment is no v'nad you're going to be chased throughout the land. The Kajnitz are magid. In Avoidus Yisrael, he asks a very powerful question. What kind of klola is this? Kayan could have sat wherever he wanted. But the Avoidus Yisrael says something profound. He says, no. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is peirish mesach berosho. Hashem placed a partition within his mind to prevent Kayan from having Yishav Hadas. And because Kayan couldn't have Yishav Hadas, therefore he couldn't rest anywhere. Because every moment that he tried to rest, his mind awakened him once again to the anticipatory anxiety that there was something else that needed to be done at this moment. But all of us can overcome the Klala of Kayan. All of us can overcome the Klala of Kayan and that sense of Novenad through the Kayach Avemunah through the kayach of simple faith, the belief that even though we don't know what's going on, even though we don't have yediyas hasechel as to what to do next, nevertheless, in that lack of knowledge itself, a person can draw down the lights of amuna, so that every moment of anxiety, every moment that a person experiences that existential cry from within the gut itself that says, what is going to be? What is going to happen? How are things going to work out? that moment becomes a receptacle for more amuna. When a person closes their eyes and inhales softly and allows themselves to be ma'arich af, just slightly longer than they're used to, to breathe deeply and hold the breath, to allow oneself to say that even though afal pikein, even though I don't know what's going to happen, it is daika here, it is specifically here in the lack of knowledge that I have the capacity to draw down the lights of amuna. When Rabbi Nachman lost hope on a certain level, not lost hope, when Rabbi Nachman moved beyond teaching Torah, he started telling stories. In the 11th story, the Maisa mi ben Melech ben Shifcha, the story of the child of the king and the child of the pauper who were flipped, 
living in a world of chaos, of topsy-turvy, of not knowing which way is up and which way is down. Part of the story within the story within the story is when the prince is brought to an abandoned town, a town that used to have a king, a town that used to have wisdom in it. And they say to this person, we're now a town of wise people without a wise king and we've been searching for so long for our king. And in order to find the new king for our town, in order to find somebody strong enough, capable enough to give us strength in this broken space, we've created a nisayon, we've created a test. What's the test to see how wise you are? There's a garden that is left over from the wise king. He left over this beautiful garden. The Hagan who nifla ma'od ma'od. Ma'od ma'od, again, we know that double ma'od is very important for Binachman because the entirety of the world, the world that Rabbi Nachman says is very difficult to believe in because all he sees is Gehenim, is in truth a Gesher Tsar ma'od ma'od. And in this story, he says, this gan is nifla ma'od ma'od. It's very, very wondrous. There are vessels that are emerging out of the ground. Vessels of silver and vessels of gold. And it's wondrous and it's frightening. A person cannot enter into this garden. Why? When the individual enters into this garden, immediately they begin to chase him. Who's they? We don't know. What is chasing the person? We don't know. Each person is chased in their own way. Each person's mind, when they try and settle themselves for but a moment in the chaos of the Sha'ol, in the chaos of this world, they all know that something is chasing them. They immediately begin to chase you. And they chase the person and the individual being chased begins to scream. But as the nature of anxiety is, they have no idea who's chasing them and they have no idea what is chasing them. They can't look back. And that's the way they chase them until they run out of the garden. We want to see if you're going to be a wise person. Can you enter into this garden where you're going to be chased? And the individual who was told about this Nisayon asks a wise question. He says, are they going to hurt me? Are these things that are chasing me real? Are they identifiable? Are they things that I can react to? The main problem is that they chase you. Meaning to say that the sense of being chased is what breaks a person away from the Yishav Hadas. It's not the danger of what exists, but it's rather our inability to find something to be soimechan, to find emuna, to believe in something bigger than ourselves. And the Iker problem is, and a person is going to have no idea what's chasing them. And they're going to run away in a great chaos. Because that is the way that people who had entered into that gun had been told that that's what happened. So Kachava and the Sipor, we find that the prince enters into the garden and he's not afraid. He goes to the center of the garden slowly 
aware that he's going to be chased and aware that there's nothing so frightening about being chased, aware that even though he's being chased, there's still the capacity of Yishev Hadas. And he's safe and he becomes the king of this town. When the Meforshim, when the Tzadikim, the Tamidim of Rabbi Nassim came to try and understand the Sipur, what was it that this person held on to? What was it that gave this person the strength to not be afraid of being chased? What was it that gave this person the capacity to have moments of Yishuvadas and Amuna in a world that was cut through with reasons to be anxious, through and through? And the answer that they all answer unanimously is Shabbos and Amuna. That when a person has something to be soymechan, when a person has something to rely on, at that point they can sustain themselves no matter how frightening things are. A good friend of mine, a very close friend of mine, my friend Micah pointed out something to me on the Shabbos recently, that the teaching, the 48th teaching in the Kutamaran, which tells that koil ha'olam kulo hu gesher tsar ma'oid ma'oid, v'ha'ikar shelo yitpached klau, that the entirety of the world is a very, very narrow bridge, and the fundamental thing to do is to ensure that one doesn't become afraid. And the diuk that I wanted to make was that Rabbi Nachman said, ma'oid ma'oid. And my friend came over to me, my good friend who knows Bresla very well, came over to me and he said, you're making the wrong diuk. Because the important diuk here is what Rabbi Nachman says afterwards. V'ha'ikar shelo yitpached klal. Yitpached is a lashon of pu'ula. Meaning to say that a person can read this statement of Rabbi Nachman not as the world is a very, very narrow bridge and the main thing is not to be afraid but rather a person can read it as the world is a very, very narrow bridge. And the main thing is not to make yourself afraid. Don't allow yourself to fall prey to the anxieties that overwhelm the capacity of Amuna. Yes, be prepared for anything. Yes, be worried about the things that a person can control. But when it comes to the realization that there's certain things that we can't fix, as Rav Cook says in Midos Ra'ayah, at that point, the main thing is to ensure that we don't frighten ourselves even more. How does a person ensure that they don't frighten themselves even more? By grabbing hold of the one thing left for us, which is emuna. Rabbi Nachman and our tzaddikim taught us that besofa yamin, at the end of a person's experience, when a person feels that they've reached the limit in their life, or when history feels that it's reached its limit, the ultimate thing that is left is emuna. The emuna kolzos, that this is all emuna or tzaddik be'amunascho yichya, that the tzaddik lives with faith, or as David HaMelech writes so poignantly and profoundly, derech emuna b'charti, I have chosen a path of faith, not because it's rational, not the, because it makes sense, but because I've chosen it. To end tonight's small interruption of sorts, which is not an interruption, but rather an edifying divestment, the movement away from what we've been talking about for the sake of strengthening ourselves so that we can properly enter into the Torah of Reish Pei Beis and find the kudos of hope, we're going to read from another tzaddik, a tzaddik who saw himself as deeply connected to the neshama of Rabbi Nachman. And this is Arav Hagon, Rav Avram Cook. This is the sefer that Reish Milin is in, so it's Kodesh HaKadoshim for me. But this is in a chila called Midos Ayah. And in Erech HaPachadim, this is a teaching that has gotten me personally through numerous difficult situations in my personal experience of anxiety. But where Rav Kook says is as follows. HaPachadim heim pisios gemura. Anxiety and undue fear is pure foolishness. Ki ein la'adam lifchoid klau. Because a person has nothing to be afraid of. Ki im lihizaher. 
A person needs to be careful. A person needs to live with care. A person has to cultivate the Midah of Zahirut, as the Ramchal teaches us in Masil Yasharim. But there's no need for fear. There's no need for anxiety. Yoter shu pocheid hu nofel. The more you're anxious, the more you're afraid, the more you will fall. Ukishahu mitpacheid. And when an individual allows themselves to become anxious, the mishkol, the failure, comes from the fear itself, not from the awareness of what we're worried about, but the fear and the anxiety itself is what causes a person to fall. Im Cain, therefore, Rav Kook says, a person needs to strengthen themselves with rationality. There is nothing to be anxious about. All of these different colors and hues of anxiety and fear. These are simply vagrant colors that have broken off of the great image, the great seer, the great artistry that we have to complete in our lives. But when we're able to see the whole picture, when we're able to connect to Amuna and see that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is present in the world in spite of anything, when a person is able to recognize that all of their fears and anxieties are different views of what Amuna can actually be, that every moment of anxiety becomes a stepping stone for more emuna. we are engarbed and inflamed with a deep and profoundly powerful bitachon. Hamimala es kol hanefesh oiz v'gevura, one that fills the soul with strength and power. Vahamazikim atzman, and the destructive forces in the world themselves, the chol tzlale balhosehem, and all of the shadows and the shade of the bilbul that they cause us, mithapchim l'koychais misadim v'oizrim, they are transformed themselves to strengths that give us something to support ourselves upon and that give us hope. That bring joy and they ultimately open up knowledge. And the existence of negativity and destruction within them are entirely destroyed. And the power of life that courses through that negativity is transformed into something that gives us holy courage, a courage to say that even though we don't know what's going on, we can have a muna. The Pasuk that Rabbi Nachman uses so often, as Rav Kook said, Ani nishma Rabbi Nachman, I am the soul of Rabbi Nachman. Sasen v'simcha yasigu v'yanos yagon va'anacha. That we take the yagon va'anacha itself and we transform it into sasen and simcha. V'chedvas Hashem huma'oizchem. And the joy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is your lot. Be'ezras Hashem, this coming Monday, we're going to take this kayach and enter into the teaching of Rabbi Nachman and Reish Pei Beis, which teaches us how to see the Nekudos Tovos in anything and everything in a person's life, specifically in the places, dike in the places where we shouldn't find them. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. 
For more from the Chef of Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 